time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Cross my heart and hope to die, honest to God. <laughs> you ever think about that? What does that mean? Honest to God. For after all, would it be possible to be dishonest to God? Since he's all-knowing, isn't that kind of like a built-in lie detector test? Here, human, take my hands. Look into my eyes. Oh, there's a liar right there. <laughs> Didn't take long, did it? Why do we say things like who comes up with stuff like honest to God? Maybe it's because we just want to impress. Yeah, we, we want to make it clear that the next thing we say is so truthful that it would even come off honest to God. In other words, if God were standing there or sitting, if he was chilling, he would listen to what was being said and he would turn to the whole room of witnesses and say, he's cool. Anyway, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? To have God point at you and turn to the whole room and go, <coughs> yeah, he, he's cool. Next. Back to my point, though. In this case, I was dealing with a lady, which is one of those gray-haired ladies who walks just a little bit feebly and comes across needy. and she, But she's just sweet enough that you think to yourself, if you were nice to her, there might be a cookie in your future. Here's what this lady said to me. She said, Honest to God, I, I know I'm not supposed to worry, but I just can't help myself. Can I repeat it? Honest to God. I know I'm not supposed to worry, but I just can't help myself. Here's the weird part. As she spoke, I found myself nodding in approval. Like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm there. I feel your vibe. I was nodding in approval. I did it. She was so convincing, but after all, this excuse... I can help myself. It wouldn't work for anything else. I'm not supposed to, but I did it anyway. I know I shouldn't murder, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> I certainly can't sell drugs, but golly, they were a good deal, and I wanted to help out my friends. It was, it, it was probably the excuse they used. To lynch people. Back in the day when that was fashionable, which I'm not so sure that's completely gone, but we'll talk about that another time. So some white guy turned to his friends and said, I, 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 I know if you read really deep in the good book, it says we shouldn't kill, but I can't help myself, can you? If, if we didn't kill black people, How'd we, ever, how'd we ever be able to test the strength on our rope? There you go. There's another damn good reason to do it. 
I know my son is all grown up. Sniff, sniff, sniff. But still, sniff, sniff. I can't sleep at night for fear he'll hurt himself. I know my money's safe in the bank, but what if there's another recession? Isn't that worrisome? I know you love me, but what if you found somebody prettier? It haunts me. As human beings, we think that something is wrong. But even though we know it's wrong, we continue to do it simply because somehow or another it just feels natural to us. It's been passed down from one family to another over the dinner table, over, over talk times. And it feels so natural. It makes it seem... Can we use the word important? Oh, yes. Saying you're worried about something makes people think you're a deep feeler, a, a deep thinker, a deep carer, when really all you are is a deep creep. Because after all, most worriers, if given the chance to do something positive, would rather sit on the bench and worry. Why? Because it's easier. You can keep your makeup from running. I wonder how many German people worried that Hitler might do something bad to the Jews. You know, that boy, he's been talking a lot. Talking a lot of trash over there amongst the Hebrews. I wonder, we ought to keep an eye on him, but I, I, I can't. I have a party planned for later in the week. We'll, we'll see what happens after a few years. I'm so worried that I'm going to tell you I'm worried, so you'll know I'm the worrying kind, and then you'll know I hold myself in great regard, thinking that my worrying can add up to anything at all. You choose to worry. Oh, yeah. It's not in our genes. It's not, <clears throat> it's not a part of our makeup. It's not, I, I just, I'm just a natural worrier. What would that be? What would that be? I would like to be a baby coming out of the womb and laying there, looking down at, looking down or up at the parents, changing him, going, oh, I hope they're using good diapers. That's a natural worrier. You're not a natural worrier. It does not overtake you. You don't walk around going, you know, I was really feeling full of faith when all of a sudden this worry came along and dropped me like a buffalo, threw me to the ground, and then I just laid there and as a, as a blithering mess. Nope, nope. You choose to worry. Sometimes it's because you're off in a hurry. Yes. Sometimes we worry because we're in a hurry. Hurry and worry do go together. Would you agree? I'm in a hurry, so I worry. I won't get there in time. I was in a hurry, so I worried and got into a car accident. Why, why, would it, why, why do we choose to do this? Why do we worry? Why do we hurry? Because it just comes across inside of us for some reason. Like it's damn mature. It's what grown-ups do because once we discover that we're not really allowed to bitch without looking like an idiot, we decide to worry because we just, here you go. 
where he is legal bitching. You don't have to go into detail and point out each and every piece that upsets you. You you just cover it all and smother it with a a blanket of, sorry, I'm worried. We saw it when we were children. Talking about big people, all the big people around us were always worrying and hurrying. It was evidence to us that they were Bible-believing, tax-paying, God-fearing, virile adults. What, 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 what's that old ad? Did you, you maybe remember it. I don't know. The squeaky wheel <coughs> gets the grease. If you don't know what that means, it's the idea that the more you complain, the more you object, the more you worry the more obnoxious you become, the more likely it is that you'll be heard and your cause will be pushed to the front and you'll be greased up with the rightful attention you deserve because your cause is more noble than anybody else's. Unfortunately, it might work a couple of times. You squeak your wheel and here comes the grease. But people are not stupid. Well, I I mean, they don't make a living out of it. If the wheel continues to be noisy, God damn it, we replace it. Enough of that damn squeaky wheel. Get a new one. See, they left that out of the saying. The squeaky, squeaky wheel gets replaced. There you go. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I'm feeding my brain with the notion right now. People can get so sick of my worry, your worry, that's really hiding bitching, that they avoid you. And you suddenly find yourself all alone, bitch worrying the walls. There's a new word, bitch worry. The blending of two things that really are not compatible, but when blended together become acceptable because it means that we care, that we're aware. I'm so upset about the people down in Puerto Rico who went through that, what was it? I forget now. Oh, it was a hurricane. That's right. I just want you to know that I'm a full-fledged, full-blown human being who has feelings. People can get so sick of your worry, though, that's hiding your bitching that they start avoiding you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen up to this, and you find yourself all alone. Bitch wearing the wall walls. It's a strange mixture, that bitch worrying. And it's nothing that we'll tolerate in anybody else. We might put up with it in ourselves. Well, I'm not really doing that. That's that's what somebody else does. It's other people bitch worry. I'm deeply involved. Maybe a little overly tied up in it. 
We won't tolerate it in other people. When we hear the bitch worry, we just think to ourselves, why doesn't he shut the hell up? Would somebody put a cork in that dork? So listen, you can worry for a while. You'll pull it off. So much so you'll think, hey, I got a gig. I don't have to have a, a real thought. I just need to cast doubt on everything that I see as to whether it's really safe. Is it really good? Will it really help the children? Is that something that people should be doing? Well, you don't have to have a soul. You can just have an opinion and that's saturated with worry. You can worry for a while. I don't know. People might even be sympathetic to it first. But eventually the world around you expects you to pull your load without complaining. Here's the way it works. Would you go to the store for me without complaining? Would you do this report at work without complaining? Would you tell the kids to clean their room without complaining? Because complaining is what worriers do when they run out of dialogue. I don't know how to express my worry anymore, so I'm going to complain about that thing that you're suggesting that might help the situation. I don't want to help the situation because then, then, then I can't worry. Maybe, maybe if we took complaining out of our lives, bitching might get embarrassed and run away. Exposing worry for what it is, a conceited piece of self-interest. A conceited piece of self-interest. Conceited because we really don't plan on doing anything about the problem. Self-interest? Because we want to prove that if we, if we were in charge... The world would be a better place. Certainly a different place than you see out there. There's sin everywhere. There's evil. There's danger. Stranger danger. But the same thing is true with this thing called worry. They don't just rhyme. They mate. You can hurry but other people will have to avoid you because it means you're either always late or always nervous. Or here's worse. Nervously late. You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, And that's so freakishly unappealing. Tell me the truth. Once again, honest to God, don't you hate it when somebody walks in a room and says, sorry I'm late, but... You just wouldn't believe the day I had. And then the words just hang in the air. And you look in the eyes of everyone around you. And you're thinking, you're hoping, you're expressing through that look to say to them with your glance, don't ask. Don't ask about his day, but somebody feels it's their duty to be kind and inquire. 
Bob? Did you have a rough day? Now this vicious worry-hurrier is not only late in a huff and hurry, but he takes over the next hour telling you everything he's worried about and telling you how it's just not fair. Worry, people who worry also think nothing's fair. People in a hurry think it's not fair. I was on my way and I was doing so well in traffic and then, then there was an accident with dead people in the road. Damn them! How dare they make me 20 minutes late to my favorite restaurant where I didn't get my appetizer quite as quickly as I should. Why can't they die at the right time? It's not fair. Since honest to God, we can't kill these worriers and these hurriers. We have to explain why we didn't invite them to the next party. Of course, the truth is really not available, is it? Otherwise, they're going to get offended and worry and hurry and do all sorts of things to aggravate our lives. So we have to come up with an excuse. The invitation got lost because they ain't coming to the party. I didn't have your email address. I'm sorry, Jen. You look to me like the last time when I saw you, you know. You looked like you were coming down with cancer. Here's another thing. You may not consider your worry to be worrisome. I would dare to say that 90% of the people who worry and you turn to them and say, oh, you just worry. No, 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 no. I don't worry, I'm just concerned. Concerned is when we believe that our worry has a little bit of the sniff of God. A little bit of the sniff of, oh, if I had a magic wand and three wishes, I might give you one of my wishes so your problems would be gone. Well, maybe four wishes. Five. I'm concerned about that young girl down the road who's dating that black boy. I don't have anything against race mixing. I'm just concerned about the children. How will they get along? Don't some of them come out speckled? Now, I may be ignorant on the subject, but I think they're probably ignorant too. When we take our children and we watch some TV show where they try to scare us to death about bullying and we take them to the side before they go to school and we give them a Pop-Tart and a glass of orange juice, which is really the killer. And we say, now be careful today. Now if you run across some kid that's a bully. Now do you know what a bully is? A bully is someone who pushes you to do things that you don't want to do. If you run across a bully, here's what I want you to do. You run. You know what I mean by run? Show me how fast you can run. That's it. Fast. You run up to the quickest teacher and you say, Mrs. Whatever or Mr. That fellow over there is bullying me. And that's going to be do it. 
because certainly he's not going to wait for you after school and beat the crap out of you because you told on him. That would be ridiculous. We're training, we're training our children to be victims. One minute we're saying you can do anything. And then we're saying, yes, but wear a helmet. Because your brains are going to spill out all over the place. And people who think that way are always fidgety. You know what I mean by fidgeting? Can't sit still. Can't give you five minutes of attention. You may not think of yourself as being in a hurry, but rather just diligent. I know I should be much more calm, but there's so much to do in so little time. Somebody has to make sure you pick up the tickets and then you have to get them in the hands of the right people and you have to make sure the hands are clean. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm in a hurry. I have too many jobs. I'm too important because you damn losers can't do anything. It's arrogant. It's arrogant. It's arrogant. Worry and hurry are not signs of compassion. But they're signs of pressure we put on other people to fit into our mold. Are you listening? People have opinions about you. That's right. Over time, people develop opinions about you. They're very hesitant to get rid of them. Reluctant might be a good word. But they develop these opinions about you based upon, do you worry? Do you hurry? Do you bitch worry? Can you do something without complaining? Oh, yes. And the reason you may be sitting there listening to me and saying, oh, I don't know whether I agree with that. They don't really have bad opinions about me. That's ridiculous. See, because they wait until you leave the room. They, they have someone go out and peer out the window and make sure you're in your car leaving, and then they get together. And in a snit, they hurry and they worry about whether you, as a son of a bitch, have any chance of ever being with Jesus. They should be honest with you, you say. They can talk to me. Just come anytime, night and day. You know my phone number. That's what you want them to do, right? If you got something to say, say it to me. Oh, so here we go. One of the braver members of the group takes you at your word and tries it. They spill their feelings out about your worry and your hurry and you're bitching and you're complaining, and then you hurry out of the room and don't talk to any of them for a week in a big, fat puddle of worry. I know I told them to complain, but I, I thought they were making stuff up. People have opinions about you because to them, your worry seems more like fretting and your hurry is just downright reckless. Have you ever noticed that some people may not want to drive with you? Where'd that come from? Your good buddy wouldn't loan you his car or his lawnmower. 
He said it was broken, but wasn't? Or does he think you're a fretting, reckless, foolish folly? Because your worry and your hurry make your life seem kind of blurry. Nothing about you is in focus. Nothing is clear. Nothing can be counted on. Nothing can be pinpointed as valuable and repetitive. You know that old saying, people want some place to hang their hat. You don't have such a place. If you worry and you hurry and you bitch and you complain, it makes your life really, really blurry. It's hard to distinguish where you are and where your sadness has taken over. And before you know it, life zips by. It's over, and you're left joyless. Because how can you have real joy when you're worried? And joy doesn't pop up when you're hurrying. Joy likes some room. Joy likes to stretch out and relax and put its feet up and say, let me stay for a while and I'll make it worth your while. So here's the good news. Stop trying to make your worry seem noble. And the better news is, you're going to find out that you don't need to hurry so much at all. And people will just downright enjoy seeing you coming. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.